Hello, all. Welcome back to the podcast. Um, it's been about a month since we were here together, um, but we're here together again. And you're going to hear from us more and more, more often as we have a lot of content lined up for the uh, remaining uh, 2021 year. Um, but anyway, I'll start by saying again, I'm Frank Montoya, IT manager, product owner of the Salesforce Enterprise Implementation at Arizona State University. Um, I've been working lately on the Salesforce uh, footprint uh, and the strategy at ADSU for Salesforce. Uh, again, supporting all the innovation that everyone likes to have so we can uh, leverage that innovation with our constituents, our users, and really leverage that innovation to grow and, and not only grow the university, but really more importantly, grow the individuals that um, are related, uh, have a relationship with ASU. So that's me um, and a little bit about what's been going on lately with me at ASU. I'm going to uh, ask Haley Gould, my co-pilot, my co-host, my partner to uh, introduce herself and start this discussion. Sounds good. It's so good to hear your voice, Frank. I love it. Uh, <laughs> hi, everybody. Uh, I'm Haley Gould. I'm Frank's partner in crime and co-host of the podcast. Um, I'm over at Smith College, so I'm the director of CRM and engagement services. Um, here, as I round my first year um, here at Smith, uh, we're really focusing on the enterprise roadmap for all things CRM. Uh, we just did a large Pardot implementation and I've built my team up from two people to four. So, oh man, is there a lot going on over here? And outside of that, spring is coming or it's here or something. Uh, it's beautiful outside and I've got a lot of hope for the year ahead uh, as, we, as we continue. Speaking of uh, that past year though, Frank, we haven't talked about your daughters in a while who are, I think they're freshmen at, at uh, U of A and ASU, right? Respectively, you've got one of each. <laughs> one of each, house divided is what they call it here in Arizona, <laughs> uh, here at, at the state of Arizona. But um, yes, um, the, you know, they're wrapping up their, their freshman year and um, uh, albeit uh, virtual the whole year, um, they've had a good year. Things are starting to uh, wrap up. They're starting to uh, get a little bit back on track. It feels like um, you know they got into the cadence of being online and they've been successful with it, uh, not without any challenges. But you know that's the way it is. So yeah, I'm looking forward to. Um, well, I'm. I think I'm looking forward to them all coming home for the summer and uh, you know kind of invading my household again. So uh, working from home, my take a little different uh, look and feel for me once they're back here yeah. in the next month or so. so but yeah, how a about you? What's going on over there? A lot of uh, broadband usage you'll have at your house, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And you know what? It does make a difference because they've been they, we've all been here at one point in time together and there is definitely a difference, but uh, we've gotten through that challenge. So how, what's going on over there? <laughs> yeah. yeah um so you know honestly yeah just working through it um I've got a dog who's got a, a bad back so he's been uh you know hanging out as my little sidekick every day my little office mate which has been nice uh, and then my husband's been coaching so they're actually having like real track meets right now including today uh he'll be coming back from one as we're recording the episode so um yeah all, all great things all signs of spring and excitement and things moving forward and speaking of excitement really excited for this conversation we're going to have today so i'm going to dig into our disclaimer we're going to stop talking about us and start talking about maryville university uh, i want to make sure we start out with our opening statement here on the podcast where we say that all questions and opinions shared are our own as are the opinions and answers shared by our guests 
This podcast has grown out of efforts by the Higher Education Advisory Council, where we aim to provide context and experiences to help you on your journey with Salesforce. Please make all purchasing decisions with the products and features that currently exist today and with the help of your account and success representatives from salesforce.org. I'm going to kick it over to Frank, who's going to introduce our special guest today. Here you go, Frank. All right. Thanks, Haley, and thanks for that mouthful. I know that's a, that's a tough one to, to spit out, but do a great job at that. Um, well, we're here to talk with um, Fong Ho, who is the Chief Digital Transformation Evangelist at Maryville University in St. Louis. Very excited to have him. He's had uh, uh, lots of experiences around uh, many institutions, um, but today we're going to focus on uh, his use case at Maryville, his role at Maryville, um, and uh, excited to hear about what they're doing over there, specifically with the blockchain technology. So that's what we're going to hear about today. So with that said, I'm going to turn it over to uh, Fong so that he can uh, give a little bit more background about himself, about uh, Maryville and his use case, and then we can get into our discussions. Welcome. Hi, how are you, Frank and Haley? Thank you very much for having me. And uh, it's really exciting uh, to be here to uh, talk with you guys about the Maryville and about the use cases that we are building here. And speaking of Maryville University, we are actually a uh, a metropolitan university in St. Louis area. We're uh, exactly in a small town called a Country and Town. And Maryville has about 11,000 student enrollment and it's about half and half, around 5,000 undergraduate students and 5,000 uh, graduate students. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, uh, we are the second fastest growing private university in the nation. And also Maryville's eSports for the past two consecutive years has won the national championship. And that's a really exciting. And we are kind of like, uh, you know, the University of Alabama, immense uh, uh, college football team, and as well as uh, UVA, immense basketball game. So uh, really exciting. And uh, guess what? We are also the nation's first blockchain university as what we claim it, right? So, um, as for my background, as you uh, kind of allude to that, I've been around for a little bit and then I've been a, a college CIO for over 20 years and working at the different schools. And uh, prior to joining uh, Maryville University, and I actually uh, served as the CIO at Central New Mexico Community College in Albuquerque, New Mexico, uh, when a CNN really started implementing Salesforce CRM solution. And uh, as a matter of fact that I just learned today, uh, one of my former colleagues and, uh, is gonna present at the Salesforce education webinar about how to scale student advising across uh, multiple campuses. And that's kind of interesting as well. But back to Maryville University and uh, uh, Maryville University has a very uh, kind of a digital transformation driven president, right? Dr. Lombardi. And he has set a vision to transform Maryville to build a truly student service centered lifelong learning institution. And he wants Maryville to be also the first uh, blockchain university to help uh, really making exciting experiences for our students to make the, the university operations truly efficient, as well as 
try to cut down, help cutting down the cost. So uh, with that uh, being said, of course, I'm excited to be here and uh, I'd love to share a little bit more as we go on with this uh, podcast. Thank you for having me today. Oh, th- thank you for joining us. Um, I just am, I'm like marveling at all of the experience that you have and you're just, this is going to be such a really, a, a really great conversation. So, so you said you spent um, some time now at Maryville. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, um, the enterprise Salesforce ecosystem there, what that sort of looks like? Um, so usually we ask about orgs and functions and use cases, mm-hmm. but you tell us what's going on there. <laughs> yeah, we are very uh, much involved with uh, the whole Salesforce, uh, different ecosystems, and then primarily in uh, the, the student enrollment uh, area that uh, we leverage Salesforce really to uh, uh, get students. And, uh, and of course, uh, even during the pandemic, uh, uh, COVID-19 pandemic last year, that Merivale's student enrollment actually has grown over 10%, about 11%. And, uh, you know, uh, thanks to the, 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 the digital technology, including Salesforce, obviously. And we are also leveraging a number of digital solutions that, uh, uh, that in collaboration with uh, the Salesforce and the Salesforce uh, company as well. Say, for example, that uh, uh, last year uh, we have successfully implemented the three major digital, uh, what we call it the lighthouse projects, right? Uh, That's the uh, kind of a strategic priorities. And uh, the first one we call it as the the digital employee or digital assistant to student. And uh, that is uh, involving uh, the AI machine learning Salesforce all together to create all those kind of like a, a knowledge articles of how to help students to personalize uh, the assistance for them and to help them succeed academically as well as uh, throughout their journey uh, at Merrillville. And the second digital uh, priority uh, project, the Lighthouse Project, well, is what we call it as the, the uh, uh, student ID and we managed to create a contactless uh, learning environment. That We started a project even prior to the uh, COVID-19 uh, pandemic. So uh, during that, and then we were able to uh, provide that kind of uh, uh, you know, contactless uh, environment for our students to help prevent any kind of a further uh, a spread of this uh, you know, disease. And the third one is uh, obviously the blockchain university. So uh, back to each of the project, then of course we rely on the uh, Salesforce uh, CRM and the the data and uh, we integrate it with the system and then try to draw those uh, kind of data to help us uh, guide uh, the decision-making process. Wow, that's a fantastic set of goals and initiatives that you guys are uh, have been tackling. Uh, very exciting um, and and very important, right? That it's all student centric and, and service centric. So uh, that's fantastic. Um, I want to I want to hone in now. Uh, you 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 talked about that third uh, initiative, and I think you said that was blockchain, and you also said that you are the first blockchain university. So let's talk about that use case now and let's dig into that and have you share a little bit about what's going on there and we'll explore it through Q&A for our listeners. 
Absolutely. I always like to start explaining, uh, obviously, blockchain, even though it has been around over a decade, but uh, uh, to many people, it's a still new concept. Uh, what a blockchain really is, is uh, you can equate blockchain as a gigantic uh, kind of a spreadsheet or a database uh, that is running on a peer-to-peer -peer network. That's kind of a technical term, but what we are really uh, uh, talking about a blockchain is just a, a technology that can create a kind of an immutable and tamper-proof uh, track records and on the blockchain. So everything that uh, uh, we do or every transaction uh, that is uh, occurring on the blockchain network will be recorded, quote unquote. So uh, it is extremely difficult to change or erase. So we call it a blockchain as a kind of a distributed ledger technology, DLT. And uh, because the data that's stored on the blockchain is being encrypted and connected only through what is called a hashed secured hash links, right? So uh, it is different from any kind of a centralized solution. Normally when you have a uh, central server or a database, once that the system gets breached or hacked in, and then the hackers will be able to get to that kind of a document in or data in its entirety, but on blockchain. And let me give you an example. If a record is about the phone hole and the, the uh, a chief digital transformation evangelist at the Merivale, let's just say this whole sentence as a piece of information, but on the blockchain, number one, this whole sentence is encrypted and you have to find the key to decrypt it to be able to read Number one. Number two, you have to connect to that particular data through a hashed link. And that's uh, normally uh, secure and the users keep for themselves and only share with the, the designated person or parties that she or he wants to share. And thirdly, that in the event, if a participating computer for whatever the reason gets hacked and the people get that the piece of data, they may get something like this, uh, like a one word chief, but without any context of what that chief really means. So it's hard for any kind of hackers to get uh, you know, into the system, hack into the system and uh, steal or alter the information. Because of that, Blockchain has been proven to be extremely valuable and helpful for students to, uh, number one, to use the technology to verify their learnings. Uh, to give you one example that uh, 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 many students right now, today, as we speak, uh, they get their uh, either digital, digital uh, uh, degree diplomas uh, in the form of uh, other digital formats, and uh, such as PDF or, yeah. <laughs> and uh, a transcript, right? And, uh, uh, and those formats and can be, I'm not, uh, uh, obviously I'm not here to, uh, to, to, to uh, you know, critiquing the, 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 the security features of uh, 
any other digital formats, but I'm just suggesting that other formats that uh, uh, can be, uh, you know, changed. And I had a lengthy conversation even today with one of the universities uh, uh, because they are finding so much uh, challenges uh, with uh, uh, the uh, uh, PDF format uh, degree uh, diplomas. So with the blockchain and then they can have that kind of uh, uh, verifiable credentials, not only securely stored, but it's put in their hands. So then they can share it with their future uh, prospective employers or more advanced learning when they apply for schools readily at their fingertips. And then uh, the recipients, in this case, either the future employers or uh, other colleges can verify those learning credentials with just simply a click of a mouth button, right? It's free, it's fast, it's secure. So that is why blockchain has such a, a value. And beyond, of course, the, just the learning credentials, blockchain, and since it's the second generation of the blockchain, which is generally considered as the Ethereum, and the first generation being the Bitcoin, right? So the second generation with the Ethereum, adding the feature of what is called a smart contract. And a smart contract is just basically a self-executing code, a, a, a piece of program, but because it is on the blockchain, that piece of code is also immutable and uh, cannot be altered or changed. So it will run uh, consistently and reliably, but what it does is to help automate many student services. Say for example, at Merivale University. And when we first started this university, uh, blockchain university kind of a journey that uh, we set that the first phase is to uh, convert all of the student academic credentials on blockchain. So today, Merivale students, uh, on the one hand, they will receive still a paper-based degree diploma, but at the same time, they will also receive a digital one that is secure and verifiable that they can use uh, to apply for jobs or more advanced studies. So beyond that, and then we have uh, really implemented the, the smart contract solutions. Uh, that are helping automating the student services. For example, a student payment plans, right? Uh, the leave of absence, a study abroad, and the uh, auditing classes, and so on and so forth. There are just so many student services today that are being automated that really turned, used to be a tedious manual process that may take weeks, if not longer, literally down to just a few minutes with like uh, emails exchange and then click of a few mouth buttons and done. So it has really a very significant power to help universities and create a really dramatic student experience, such as, for example, today at Merivale, when a student requests a transcript and it takes less than 10 seconds for the students to get their verifiable transcripts. Instead of uh, 
you know, a student normally would have to wait for about 45 minutes to an hour to get that transcript. And in the digital age, and students really want things instantaneously. So they really don't want to wait. So blockchain can help create that kind of a dramatic student experience. On top of that, blockchain can help really improve the operation efficiency. And as I mentioned that the help automate the business processes and particularly the rule-based business processes. At Merrillville University, as I mentioned that we have a very uh, digitally savvy and the digital transformation driven president. And Dr. Lombardi has said that, uh, that he wants the university's rule-based uh, business processes 50% or more to be automated. That is a very lofty goal. And then we are leveraging blockchain uh, technology to do that. And besides all this, and the blockchain can also help save money, really cut down the cost. And of course it saves time, but it also actually saves uh, real money. And that can help, you know, uh, say for example, at Merrillville, that uh, uh, we have announced that the within the next three to five years, we're gonna cut down the student tuition by 20%. And then part of that will come in from uh, the savings that a blockchain technology will help to, uh, to generate. Wow, that is amazing. I, and I'm gonna to try to summarize what I think I heard you say, and then you can correct me if I'm wrong, but um, what I got out of this, the key points have been verifiable, efficiencies from an operational standpoint, cost savings. Absolutely. Definitely addresses student service, which in my opinion, uh, turns into student retention. And more importantly, I kept hearing security and secure and encrypted. So that reminds me of what we, I've heard, you know, as a trusted network. So the blockchain is part of a trusted network. So um, absolutely. Wow. Um, I learned a lot. Quite a bit. So very exciting. Um, yeah. You know, I uh, really uh, appreciated your uh, uh, summarizing this as a matter of fact that, uh, you know, Salesforce and uh, SU are uh, building this kind of a trusted learner's records and a trusted learner's uh, network on blockchain. And that's a, a similar kind of a use cases that we are building. So there's a really great potential for uh, blockchain technology. And uh, I just want to uh, uh, kind of quickly mention that I mentioned earlier that I've been around a little bit and I actually have been a leading advocate for blockchain adoption in education, right? So uh, I've been urging the uh, education leaders uh, to uh, do two accelerations. The first one is to accelerate uh, their learning and understanding of the impact of the significant impact uh, of blockchain on education. And the second acceleration is that I've been uh, asked to uh, really accept, uh, accelerate the understanding of the collaboration because blockchain really help uh, pushing for this collaboration among the education partners. And uh, uh, 
you know, we're not used to such terms such as like a supply chain and such as, uh, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, the whole ecosystem, right? And uh, with blockchain, then we need to start consider uh, not only the educational partners, but the employers, the governments, the uh, accreditation agencies, the local communities, uh, of course, the students and the education institutions and the faculty members, the staff and administrators, we are all the stakeholders of this community and that the blockchain uh, will help to bring us together. I mean, talk about sort of flipping this uh, the model that we currently have, right? Like, I think I think this is just a totally different viewpoint than many people have had for education and credentialing. And, and I mean, all of the use cases you just mentioned, like I, I was thinking about my time at like uh, Michigan and just doing transfer course evaluations and things like that. And man, would this have been so much easier if we had sort of the shared understanding and, um, and even just knowledge base, you know, between different schools, <laughs> like, yeah, that would be great. <laughs> where, do, where do you sort of see uh, the next step for, for Maryvale? Like what's, well, so one, what's on the roadmap for you guys? But like, yes. what, what's sort of the next step for you guys with blockchain? Yeah, thanks for uh, asking that question. We did build a roadmap with uh, three different phases, as I mentioned. And phase one is to move all academic credentials on blockchain, and then including even adding the student self-asserted learning artifacts. Say for example, today, employers are demanding our students to show our soft skills and the power skills, which oftentimes are not uh, necessarily the things that, that they can uh, easily prove, right? For example, empathy, uh, communication, or even the endurance for leadership, right? But now if you have a, a video clip to show somebody uh, you know, uh, who has run a, a Boston Marathon, right? Uh, running across the finish line with that a video clip on it, verifiable, and the seeing is believing. So you can show to the recipient instead of just a piece of paper certified to say, I have run the Boston Marathon. So that is a, a part of the phase one. And the phase two is to deploy, develop and deploy uh, smart contracts to help automate, as I mentioned at Merivale, 50% or more rule-based uh, business processes, right? To help uh, significantly improve our student services. And uh, uh, Merivale uh, University President uh, Mark Lombardi has uh, famously said that, uh, uh, that uh, our job is to make uh, uh, our student uh, uh, challenged inside of the classrooms, but make their life as easy as possible outside of the classrooms, right? So uh, leveraging blockchain smart contract is trying to achieve that goal as well uh, by automating as much of the services as they can, because today our students really uh, demands that kind of a 24 by seven on-demand service. Then they don't want, uh, you know, go to an office and, uh, you know, if they can just get it online. And phase three is what we call it as uh, 
uh, tokenizing education. And the many organizations, including ASU, Frank, you certainly know this, has started what they call it as the master track or bachelor degree track certification programs, because the world has moved uh, more and more towards skills-based, certificate-based training, right? But then how can we organize by offering students those certificates, skills-based training, so they can get the jobs you know, after they complete that training, but at the same time, build that kind of a curriculum to connect them to the finish line. So blockchain can help by tokenizing each of the learning unit and create that kind of a smart pathways for the students. It's kind of like a roadmap for students to finish and then, of course, uh, also in collaboration with uh, the AI technology, machine learning, and uh, uh, the, the an learning analytics, and to build that kind of uh, a predictive analytics and the pre uh, prescriptive analytics to help students find which ones are the closest, shortest to their goal. And uh, so that is the, the next phase uh, that we are getting ready to start. So that is really exciting for us right now. Yes, that is really exciting in general. I was just thinking of, um, I've, I've been hearing the term of like a non-academic uh, non transcript or there was a different term for it, but I think that's what one of the phases that you were sort of describing and, and uh, the part where you said about attaching like a video, I was just thinking of like, man, is there a way to have, you know, somebody's like senior project attached, right? Even, I, even these like really tangible educational experiences we've never thought about attaching in that way. Um, yeah, and as a matter of fact that uh, uh, not only that, even the executable code, right? And say for example, if somebody develops some kind of uh, a computer program and then when she or he is gonna apply for a job, instead of just to say, a piece of paper, or I've learned the Python, or I have learned some of that. Just show them this code, and the, 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 you know they've built it. Communication skills, right? And uh, we have a a student who actually helped organize an event to promote uh, multiculture, right? The diversity, and then uh, how that student was leading that event, and that shows. So you don't have to put in words to describe what you have done. Just watch the video clips, you know. No, I'd say that's just a totally different way of thinking about representing the work and the learning and, what, and whatever you've done. It is like a former teacher. I'm like, oh, this is great. They're like showing all of their work and their portfolios. And, but you know, I have like three portfolios I had to make for classes that are like sitting on that bookshelf back there, right? That like no, you know, nobody's gonna see because they're not digitized and, and organized that way. So. Actually, you, you even know they're in the bookshelf. And <laughs> if you ask most of people, when did you get your last professional certificate and where is it? Where is it? Where it is? And they probably couldn't even remember, right? Yeah. So uh, we ended up uh, uh, just that piece of paper now has turned that into, because we know that today there was a kind of like a, fancy expression to say the credentials actually is the digital currency, 
And uh, if we don't have a way to store, to share, to manage, and to verify those credentials, that means we are just throwing out the, those digital currencies away. Yeah. And that's that's really what it is. So, okay, so I'm hearing about blockchain. I'm hearing about adding these different things in. Um, can you explain where this might connect to like an NFT? Absolutely. And the, we all know NFT stands for non-fungible token. And what really it stands for or represents, it's anything that is unique, right? For example, in the, the, the uh, artistic world and when people uh, create any kind of uh, online drawing, painting or messaging. And uh, recently we learned the first tweet on Twitter uh, was sold for what is uh, over two and a half million dollars and uh, as an NFT and not fungible token. Yeah, and you know, at ASU, we talk a lot about the lifelong learner. And I think you've mentioned that uh, in our discussion here. So it's exciting to bring those uh, credentials, those skill sets, those attributes of a lifelong learner uh, and make them available, right? For your success and the success, success of whatever organization you're um, trying to build a relationship with. So very cool, very exciting. Um, I loved hearing about this, and and, and I, I think this is going to make a lot of sense to our audience, right? Because, you know, it, you're right. Blockchain has been around for uh, 10 years, but the con the concept is is fairly new to a lot of folks. So uh, thank you yeah. for sharing that. And uh, I will, uh, you know, before we move on and kind of do a wrap up and, and ask some any additional questions, I wanted to kind of see if you had any last thoughts you wanted to share um, as the uh, chief digital transformation evangelist <laughs> uh, uh, about you know this technology or uh, evangelize anything else yeah. about. Once again, thanks, uh, Frank and Haley, for this wonderful opportunity. I certainly uh, have enjoyed it. And as exciting as uh, the blockchain technology is, I do want to suggest that um, um, you know focus on the student services, focus on the needs that can drive uh, business values. It's the institution. Uh, priority, their strategic priority that drives the technology or the, the adoption of technology, not the other way around, right? And uh, number one. And number two, that I highly, highly uh, recommend that uh, anyone who is interested in, in uh, adopting blockchain technology to consider partnering. Uh, Merivelle has partnered with a blockchain uh, service uh, platform service developer, uh, pieces.io. So uh, to quickly deploy, develop and deploy all these solutions. And higher education, I understand that we have a lot of, of uh, internal resources and uh, uh, a lot of times that we just try to build our own, but there are already solutions out there readily to be deployed. So uh, I would highly recommend it to consider doing that. And of course, I'll always uh, consider uh, what is the, the institution's uh, strategic goals, right? That is either is uh, creating uh, a really outstanding student services uh, or uh, to help drive uh, student enrollment and or to make our university service more efficient or try to uh, save cost 
whatever that may be, these are really the true goals as we are building the blockchain solution. And uh, uh, yesterday I gave a, uh, a virtual presentation uh, at another uh, conference and, and I uh, shared with the audience that uh, uh, truly that we need to consider that uh, blockchain as one of the, the unique technologies that can actually do all these three things at the same time. That is to creating amazing student experience and improve uh, operational efficiency and help save costs. So if anything that can help us achieve those goals and uh, that'll be really wonderful. Mm -hmm. I love well, thank you. you for those words of advice and recommendations and things to consider as we continue um, as a higher ed community, right? To serve our constituents. Yeah, a lot of really good next steps for folks who are, who are curious about this and where do I start? Um, and I liked your idea of, of partnering. You don't have to like reinvent the wheel, right? That's that's great. So we're gonna end with one question. I don't I don't know that you have a ton of free time because you're just busy doing all <laughs> these things. But like, what what sort of something um, that's been keeping you sane and during the pandemic that you've been able to do? Sort of a tip for other people if they need if they need some sort of an activity to keep them sane. What would you recommend? <laughs> yeah, actually. Uh... Uh, that, that's a very good question, by the way. Uh, of course, um, it, it, you know, we have all changed to move from home. However, uh, for me personally, this has turned out to be uh, one of the busiest time and uh, one of the most productive time for me because uh, we have this kind of uh, uh, roadmap built into this uh, uh, strategic initiative to create a blockchain university and uh, to identify the, each of the tasks and working with the student services or working with uh, the academic areas to create all those uh, smart contract solutions. That has been really exciting, but at the same time, also uh, keeping me kind of uh, away from worrying about <laughs> those kind of uh, uh, coronavirus disease and uh, uh, pandemic. This has been a very challenging time, but for me personally, this is something that keeps me going. And of course, uh, we now have the opportunity uh, to share that. And uh, uh, the, the, the initiative that we have embarked on, but I appreciate the question. Oh, great. Well, you can, you can tell that you're really passionate about work. So I'm sure you loved being busy and productive and all of that stuff. Um, it just kind of radiates through you when you talk about this. So it's one, it's been really wonderful chatting with you, but, uh, but two, I, I love seeing people who are really passionate about what they're working on. I think that's really great. <laughs> um, Absolutely. So yeah. Yeah. So if our uh, listeners want to reach out to you and they have questions, um, how would you prefer they get in, in contact with you? Would that be Power Vest Hub or Twitter? What, what would you prefer? Yeah, any social media and just my name, Feng Ho, F-E-N-G-H-O-U. That would be both my handler at the Twitter and uh, uh, from LinkedIn if they wanted. Uh, and uh, also they can reach me, obviously, from my Merivale's email address. That's F-H-O-U at Merivale.edu. 
Awesome. Well, get ready for lots of new friends because uh, I think you're going to be making quite a few from this episode. <laughs> um, but yes, thank you so much for your time today. I learned a lot. Um, I had a lot of fun. It's always good to see uh, to see Frank over there thriving in Arizona. Hey, Frank. Um, for those listeners out there, if you haven't already, please subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, our website. Um, if you have any questions or if you'd like to be featured on an upcoming episode, please reach out to us. Uh, you can send me an email. It's Haley at the podcast cash.com. And I think that ends our episode for today. So thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time. Thanks everybody.